0: God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. The doctrine of Christ. Why did the Word of God never call Jesus God the Son, but rather the Son of God? And why would Jesus say, My Father is greater than I? If the Trinity doctrine is correct, and they're co-equal with co-substance and a hypostatic union, then why would one be greater than the other? Or Jesus said, My Father is greater than I. Also, the things concerning me have an end. So we'll discuss that in this podcast. You'll see in John, the 14th chapter, and verse 28, I'm reading. It says, You have heard, I said unto you, I go away and come again to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Well, if it's co equal, co substance, and a hypostatic union, and he is the second person of the Godhead, then why would he say, My Father is greater than I? And then in Luke, when he says in Luke 22, verse 37, and I'm reading again, for I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. Talking about the crucifixion and the end of that flesh in the days of his flesh. So why? Why didn't God, in the Word of God, call the Son of God, God the Son? If He is God, and He is, then why would it be called the Son of God? That which is born, then Mary, carrying nine months, is of the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost, but of the Holy Ghost, that thing that is born of thee. That holy thing that is born of thee is of the Holy Ghost. It's the son of God. And there's a revelation. Now, let's see why. We know that in Romans, the sixth chapter, that whosoever we yield our members of service, obey him of the service to whom we obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Now, of course, we have to reach that level of righteousness, which is not of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Well, then what is that righteousness? Well, we see that grace reigns through righteousness and that righteousness is a revelation in itself, not just being right, but biblical righteousness. For we see in Romans five, by one man's disobedience, sin came, sin came to the world and death by sin. That, that is by one man, that is Adam, By his disobedience, he ate of the tree of knowledge. In the day that you eat thereof, Adam, you will surely die. And he took of the woman and did eat. The woman being deceived was in the transgression. Adam, however, was not deceived. He full well knew what he was doing. It was a free will sin. And the day that he did, he died. Well, by that one man. That one man's disobedience. Paul tells us that death now reigns. Sin reigned by death. How did sin get here? Through disobedience of one man. So therefore it said, by one man shall my servant make many righteous as the offenses of one unto death. So of one will many be made righteous. There is the requirement that only righteousness will come by one man through his obedience. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Suffering make the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. Well, God can't suffer. God can't be tempted. Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. For God tempteth no man. Where a man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Lust conceived, bring forth sin. Sin conceived, bring forth death. And that's within the man, the flesh. Paul said, I find in my flesh, therefore, a law that is sin in my flesh. The propensity to sin is in the flesh, in my members, Paul said, even though he has the Holy Ghost. Who will deliver me for the body of this death? I thank God through Christ Jesus My Lord, Paul said, when we walk not after the flesh, but after the law of the Spirit and life, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Well, why not God the Son? The God the Son would be an eternal son that's always been with the Father. But Jesus said, the things concerning me have an end. There was a time, a beginning of the Son of God. Because the Son of God has two components. Number one, he is the Spirit of God without measure. He is that Father revealed. He is the image of the invisible God. And that Spirit is the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 10 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one, not in union, not whom the Greek word, but heis, meaning one in the self-same spirit. We're the same. Howbeit he said that in the days of his flesh. There, Jesus claimed that he is the spirit of God. And we see this over and over again. Jesus stated in John 8, 24, when asked, where is your father? Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. This, anderson said not that he spake to them of the Father. Jesus is that spirit. But how did he work salvation? Because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back, or kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer must, number one, be kin of the same blood. For as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, he... God himself also likewise took part of the same. Then in everything he was made like unto his brethren. For which cause he's not ashamed to call us brethren, because we're all of one. He's one of us. And Adam, after the fall, how do we know that? Well, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How did he send him forth? Did the father say to the son, go down and die for the son of the world? No, of course not. That would be God, the son, God, the father, God, the son, which would mean that he's eternal with the father, a second person of the Godhead. But there's no place in scripture that it says that he's always referred to as the son of God. Why? Because it speaks of the characteristic of the son of God, that he is a man. Somebody says, he's the God-man. Well, we're going to dispute the 451 Chalcedonian definition of the God-man, that when he walked on water, he was God. When he was weary with his journey, he was man. And therefore, he switched from God to man and then to God back and forth, which is a lie. We must have the revelation of Christ, which is the foundation of the church. Now, we know that Christ is that spirit. But there's another component to the Son of God and uh, that Christ, after the fall of Adam, it was told the serpent, the first proto-evangel, the first prophecy of the Messiah, the Hamashiach, the first Christos that would come into the world. God manifest in the flesh was in Genesis 315. He's talking. God talking to the serpent says, I'm going to put enmity or enemy between you and the woman, between your seed snake and her seed. Thou shalt bruise his head and thou will bruise his heel. Well, that instead of bruising her heel, being the heel of the woman, that this woman will be saved in childbearing if she continues in faith with all sobriety there in Timothy, Paul talking about the woman saved in childbearing. Not that she has a physical child and she's saved, but bringing forth the man child, the outward man perishing, yet the inward man's renewed day by day, which is, uh, the washing, regeneration, and renewal of the Holy Ghost in the inward man, which is created after Christ Jesus. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. He was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I was crucified with him. How? By baptism. In water, in the name of Jesus. And uh, nevertheless, I live. Well, he is crucified with Christ, He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now, what is that Christ? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of Jesus. It's the Spirit of the Son. And we find that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So the Son of God is definitely the Father. He is the Spirit. He is the Word that was made flesh. He is the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, no, wait a minute. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. No, He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. From From the womb, God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto Him. Yet, He will daily have the Scriptures as His delight. He will grow in favor with God and with man. And not until age 30 will he enter into his ministry. Now, that is a revelation that we have to look into. Why? Because he is that God. Always has been God. Always will be God. But what was problematic? And the devil, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Lord Jehovah, God Almighty Himself. They would not have done it. Well, why were they deceived? Why did they not know this? Well, God's plan. From Genesis 3:15. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, snake, between your seed and her seed. Thou will bruise, thou will bruise his head, thou shalt bruise. He is healed. The woman's going to bring forth a man-child, Christ, which is Emmanuel, God with us. But notice it says in Romans 5 that only a man can redeem us, not God. God can't be tempted. God can't die. God doesn't have blood. He's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. He is that spirit. You're going to heaven, I'm there. You're going to hell, I'm there. Where's the house you'll build me, David? He is God, the self-existent, eternal Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is that all-powerful, self-existing spirit, for God is a spirit, which is invisible. How be it? In Genesis 3.15, he said it would be manifest. God would be manifest. The Messiah which is Christ, would be manifest to take away the sin of the world. And to do that, God had to have a man. Well, we find in Isaiah 59, 16, he looked for a man, he could find none. He had to have a man. He searched for a man. He could find none. Therefore, he said, my own own arm, the arm of flesh, my own arm of flesh brought salvation to me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17-19, through For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ. But yet Jesus said, And my Father are one, John 10, 30. Except you believe that I am he, the Father, you'll die in your sins. Jesus went on to say in John 14, And not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house and many mansions. It were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know. In the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. You want to get to God. There's only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one life. That in Jesus should all life dwell. Then he says a profound statement. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him talking to the disciples. Philip, this was just an astounding statement made by Jesus. And he said, Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Show us the Father. They knew that he is the Lord, that he is the Emmanuel, God with us. But they want to see the Father. Philip says, show us the Father. And that suffices us. Jesus stated, Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Now, how can this be? How can Jesus sit there, who is in the days of his flesh, say, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Believe me that I am in my Father, my Father in me. Or else believe me for the works' sake. What works? Well, he healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lame walk, kept and went free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in need. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they? But the Father that dwelleth in me, that dwelleth there is katakeo, a Greek word meaning to house permanently, a permanent dwelling, a permanent abode forever. The Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me He's the one doing the works. I can my own self do nothing. It's the Father doing it. It is the Holy Ghost doing it. It is the Spirit of God doing it. That's the reason why Jesus did not work a miracle until age 30. Why? Because he had emptied out and made himself of no reputation. Why would he do that? It's the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. God is a spirit. Form is morpha, which is an eternal state. Forever. Eternal world without end. Jesus, who being in the form of God. He's that spirit, always has been that spirit, and will always be that spirit the spirit of God, but that's not the son. Thought it not robbery, something to be grasped at, to be equal with God, not made equal, to be equal. He's, why? Because all the attributes of God are equal. I wisdom dwell with prudence. They're all equal. Well, wisdom is an attribute of God. Proverbs 8. I daily was his delight. That's not a different person. That's an attribute of God, wisdom, using a single personal pronoun, I, wisdom. I dwell with prudence. There is another attribute of God. With me is understanding. There's another attribute of God. And those are individual attributes of God, which is the us in Genesis 126. When God said, let us make man in our own image. That's plural personal pronouns. That's not the angelic force. That's not the angelic host. It's not father talking to the son and the Holy Ghost. (laughs) It is his attributes. Let us make man in our own image. We look at Genesis 127. So God made man in his own image. Singular personal pronoun. Male and female created he, them. Singular personal pronoun. Well, there's got to be a revelation there. Because every time we say Elohim, it's used with a single, singular verb. Elohim, God. If it was more and one person in the Godhead, Elohim in the plural of Eloah would be with a plural verb tense, but it's not. The Lord, He is God, for God Elohim is, not are the Lord, meaning three persons. Elohim, God is the Lord, singular personal pronoun. Why? Because Elohim is a plural of his attributes, love, joy, power, understanding, prudence. All these are but one spirit. Has many attributes, but this only one spirit. But they stand alone in each attribute. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I daily was his delight. Well, wisdom is an attribute of God, and they're all equal. Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, well, there are many attributes. Well, they go from A to Z, from Alpha to the Omega, from the aloft to the Tav. That is from the first letter of the ABCD area, the Alaph that, all the way to Tav, Alof to Tav. Jesus claims to be all, um, all of those attributes. He claims that, in Revelation 1 8. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega. That is the Greek alphabet from A to Z. Or in Hebrew would be the Alaf through the top, which is your longest chapter in your word, in your Bible, from Psalm 119. And there's eight verses under each letter of the Hebrew ABC diary. And Jesus is every one of them. He is the Alpha to the Omega, the Alpha to the top, the A to the Z. The beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Well, there's only one Almighty God, Revelation eight of Jesus Christ. And it's not God the Son, it's the Son of God. Why? Because he is In Philippians 2, 6, in order to have a man, not a God man, but a man to be our perfect, spotless, blameless lamb of God, the sacrifice, the willing sacrifice to pay the death penalty. And God can't die. Something has to happen. And he looks for a man. He's got to have a man. And in Isaiah 59, 16, he looks for that man. He said, I can find none. All that comes short of the glory of God. All that sin comes short of the glory of God. None good, no, not one. All were conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. Therefore, he said, my own arm. I took my own arm and worked salvation to myself. He said the same thing in Isaiah 63, 5. God said, I look for a man. May they could find nine. Therefore, my arm brought salvation to me, God said. My arm? Isaiah 53, one. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, obviously not to many churches. <laughs> because we are at a loss when it comes to the doctrine of Christ. Thinking that there's three in a Godhead. When? In the Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The greatest commandment of all. If we knew any commandment, we must know the greatest one, the first commandment, the dominant commandment. Mark 12, 29, when the scribe asked Jesus, what is the first commandment of all? What's the dominant commandment? Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt serve the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and might. The second is like unto it, love thy neighbours thyself. From from these two hang all the law and the prophets. The revelation that God is one is the essential number one revelation or the truth, the life, the way that we have to know. It's essential for salvation in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And because we have an era, God's judgments will be in the earth, judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet, to reveal who he is that we may know him, the true Jesus, which I'm afraid we've missed the mark. And in what way have we missed it? Because Jesus, who being in the form of God, Thou not robbery to be equal to God. All the attributes of God are equal. He is the A to the Z, the, yellow, the Alpha to the Tau. He's the alpha to the omega. He's the A to the Z. He's all that God is, all the fullness of the Godhead. And uh, thou not robbery to be equal to God, all of them equal. But made himself, God made himself of no reputation. There's your key. God made himself of no reputation. Why? Of no glory, of no dignity, of no honor. Literally literally to make void. It is a kenosis, a keno. A Greek word there means to make void. Literally laying aside all glory. Just like the high priest did in Leviticus 16. On the day of atonement in Yom Kippur, he literally took off, put off his garments of glory and beauty and took upon him the linen garments, the linen breeches, the linen garment, the linen uh, bonnet. He became one with the people. All the garments of glory and beauty were laid aside in the sanctuary in the holy place. He took off those garments of glory and beauty, laid them aside. The Lord Jesus, our great high priest, did the same for us. He made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. He became one of us, just like that high priest did in the Old Testament, becoming one of the people and making an offering for him because he had sinned as well as for the people. And after he had completed all the offerings and the sacrifices on Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, he came out of the most holy place, the holiest of all, the holy of holies, went back into the sanctuary, the holy place, took off the linen garments, laid them aside, never to be worn again, and took back on the garments of glory and beauty. The Lord Jesus did exactly the same thing, that he is our great high priest. He made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, laid aside his glory, his honor, his dignity, laid aside, and uh, took upon him the form of a servant. Why? Because he's got to become a man. He's got to have a man. Everyone else, they'd come short of the glory of God. None good, no, not one. He's got to have a man that's righteous, holy. That man is the Lord God himself, but to do where he would work only as a man and not as spirit, He lays aside his glory. He makes himself of no reputation. He's going to work only as a man. Our kinsman redeemer. not going to do it as spirit. He's going to do it as a man. God himself. Emmanuel, God with us. And by doing so, he takes upon him the spirit laid aside, made of no reputation. He takes upon him that spirit, even though It's made of no reputation. He takes upon him the form of a servant. A servant. And that form is eternal. It's an eternal state. Morpha. He takes upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Why? Because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God looked for a man, couldn't find one. Therefore, he said, I will make myself of no reputation. I'll take upon me the form of a servant. I won't work as spirit because it's made of no reputation. I'll work as a man. And I'll glorify, personally glorify my own human, my own man, body of flesh and blood, back to myself. I'll work salvation in and of myself alone. Isaiah 59, 16. Isaiah 63, 5. Isaiah 43, 10. Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord. That's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, the tetragrammaton, Jehovah, the invisible spirit of God, always written in capital capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, invisible spirit of God, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, invisible. Everywhere, self-existent, eternal God. And he said, thus ever, and my servant. Well, he took upon him the form of a servant. And my servant, whom I have chosen. God chose it. How did he choose it? Well, he found uh, a young virgin, a spouse of Joseph. uh, Young, they've said, uh, historical about 14 years old, and came to her, sent an angel to her, and hail thou Mary, highly favored of God. And the salutation to her was just astounding. And then she's told. Matter of fact, we'll go to that. If you'll see in Luke, the salutation given to her, it says, the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, Thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, that's a heavy salutation. And when she saw him, Gabriel, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Highly favored of the Lord. She's a young virgin. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now notice, this is not going to be God the Son. It's going to be the Son of God. That holy thing that is found in Mary will be of the Holy Ghost. Not the Holy Ghost, but of the Holy Ghost. Not God, but of God. And behold, thou shalt conceive a regular conception like anyone else is going to carry a full nine months, except this won't be from the seed of Adam. It'll be the seed of the woman. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Notice that's a little S-O-N, a regular baby. Of the gender, male, little S-O-N, a regular child, one just like everyone else, going to be carried nine months, just like everyone else that's born a man child, and shall call his name Jesus, capital J, capital E, capital S, capital U, capital S. Jehovah is salvation, but he's made himself of no reputation. He has to have a man. This is a man just like you and just like me. It's made of a woman. We find that in Galatians 4, verse 4. Jesus, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Father saying to the son, go down and die for the sin of the world? No, absolutely not. Well, how? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Galatians 4, verse 4. Made Of a woman. You know what am I? made of a woman. Made and under the law to redeem us that were under the law. He has to be one of us. Galatians 4 verse 4 and 5. Well, there is exactly what's happening. Call, you're going to have that son, little S-O-N. Not deity. A man, child, just like everyone else, just like a partaker of flesh and blood in all things, making like unto his brethren and Adam after the fall, because he's made an under the law to redeem us that are under the law. (laughs) He's one of us. And she says, Gabriel goes on and says, he shall be great and shall be called, shall be called. The son of the highest, son of the highest, son of God, son of the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Not God the son. He will not be called God the son. He will be called the son of God, the son of the highest. Why? Because he's going to work as a man, just like us, as a mate of a woman, made in under the law, to redeem us that under the law. Hebrews two says, For as much then as our children are partakers of flesh and blood, God is spirit. Now he's taken on the form of a servant, and the likeness of sinful flesh, to condemn sin in the flesh. Romans 8, 3, and what the law could not do. God sending his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin of the flesh. How did he send forth his son? The word, not God the son, the word, which is not the son of God, it's the word. The word's the word. The word is invisible. The word is the little expressed office of the spirit, spirit only. The, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. It did not say the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That would be an eternal sonship. That would mean it was God the Son, but he didn't. John says, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, Heist, one in the same Spirit, Father's administrative office of the Spirit. The Word is the expression office of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of the Spirit, the same one Spirit. There's three, they bear record in the earth the Spirit, water, and the blood. These three agree in one, 1 John 5 8. Well, the Word is the expression office of the Spirit. It's Spirit showing and revealing the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. That's Word. It's invisible. You speak a word. Nobody can see it. Nobody can grab it. So in the beginning was the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, God. You'll find that that word is Jesus. It didn't say the son of God. It said the word. You have to understand that the son of God will have a beginning and an end. The things concerning me have an end. Jesus said, well, it will be numbered with the transgressors. What? And into that flesh. Then he'll go back to this spirit where he was before. The man will be made a quickening spirit. Not a spiritual man, a spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam, the last Adam, Jesus, the man. Was made a quickening spirit, but we're talking about the Son of God, not God the Son. That's a great gross error. It's the Son of God. The Son of God is that thing that is holy. Thing that's conceived of you, Mary, is of the Holy Ghost. So Gabriel tells her, "You will be shall be called." You bring the son, little S-O-N, but he's going to progress in glory, and he shall be called the son of the highest, the son of God. He will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Why? Because of the seed of David, Jesus According to the flesh is the seed of David. That's the reason we have the Davidic line there in Matthew 1. According to the flesh as the seed of David. According to the flesh. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. That's when he's the son of the highest. He shall be called the son of the highest. He's starting out as a little S-O-N. But it's going to progress. And there will be a time he will call the son of the highest. That's the reason Jesus is not declared to be the son of God. And it said until the resurrection. Romans uh, uh, 1, verse 3 and 4. Declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead. That's the reason Jesus would say, Tell no man until after the Son of God be resurrected. Tell the vision to no man till the Son of man be re, uh, to be rais- raised from the dead. Matthew 17 why? Because he's declared to be the Son of God proclamated, promulgated, preached, proclaimed the Son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Why? Because that three days that Jesus is in the tomb. Dead. Through that spirit, goes through his spirit, soul, and body. Human spirit, rational soul, and human body. And there was no sin. In the soul, there was no bad thought. Everything was perfect, spotless, and blameless, both spirit, soul, and body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and nothing worthy of death. No sin in him that making the captain of our salvation perfect. Why? Because he was born? No. Because of the things which he suffered. Literally crucifying the flesh. For as much then as Christ, our Lord, has suffered in the flesh, be therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. First Peter 4, 1. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. He was tempted and tried in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. As a man, not a God-man, as a man. Why? Because he made his spirit of no reputation. The spirit that he is, the dignity, power, was made of no reputation. The glory, the dignity, the honor was made of no reputation. Why? Because he's going to work salvation as a man. And he says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? There's no way I can't be impregnated. Now watch verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost, the Most High, God himself, shall come upon thee, not the third person of the Godhead, for the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, these are one and the same. The Word will be made flesh. John 1:14. Here we have Luke telling us here in one verse 35, it's the Holy Ghost. Well, the Word made flesh, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. The Most High, which is one and the same. Just a different title or function of that spirit. Not a different spirit, not a different person of the Godhead. One and the self-same spirit. <laughs> The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, Mary, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Now, therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called not God the Son. That would be he's already been eternal. That he'd been with the Father before. No. No the Son of God. That holy thing which is conceived of thee is of the Holy Ghost. So it's the call be called the Son of God. And we find in Matthew 16, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I the son of man am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some of them say you're... You're Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. You're that Messiah. You're that God that will come to the earth as a man. Suffer and die, and then go back and enter into your glory. You are that Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. God literally manifest in the flesh. First Timothy 316. Yet not God is flesh, God manifest in flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. Now that's the mystery of godliness. And without controversy, gate is a mystery of godliness. That's the godlike. Little G O D L I N E S S. What's that mystery of godliness? God, capital G-O-D, was manifest in the flesh, past tense, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Who? God himself, that was manifest where? Seen where? In the flesh. Was. Not still is, was. There it's called that thing, and holy thing should be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth. She hath also conceived a son. Notice that. And in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her. Who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, now at that point, she wasn't impregnated. She was listening to Gabriel. She was listening to the angel. He told her that thing which is born of thee will be called the son of God, not God the son, the son of God. God the son is an essential, exponential error. It's catastrophic. It is a huge belligerent mistake the son of God, because it shows and refers that Jesus is born a man, child, just like us, made maiden under the law. He's going to be tempted to try it, suffer, shed his blood. And the only way that can happen is because God has made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. He's laid aside his glory, took upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men being found in fashion as a man, not as a God-man, as a man. Humble himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, the man, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Well, how can this be? If the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, God himself. Just because God has made himself of no reputation, he did not cease and desist from being God. He's just not working as God. He's working as a man. And that's the wisdom of God. That's the son of God, not God the son, which should be an eternal sonship according to his Godhead, which is false, a lie which is not Christ. It is a false Christ, an anti-Christ. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? The focus is on the revelation of Christ. What is that revelation? Well, first, that Christ is God. But not just God, but he will also be, in the days of his flesh, a man, not God-man, a man, working salvation as a man. Why? Because Romans 5 says a man lost it. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, only a man can redeem us back. He has to have a kinsman redeemer. The angels fell. They kept not their first estate. Jesus had take on him the nature of angels. He's not going to save the angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham, the little seed according to the flesh. Not, not a divine flesh. That's an oxymoron. Flesh is flesh. Jesus' flesh had a propensity to sin like everybody else. Otherwise, it can be tempted and tried in all points like as we are. Yet without sin, he never acted on it. Making the captain of our salvation perfect, making the captain of our salvation, perfect through sufferings. And he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And we're to be likewise maddening. Well, who is this? In 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, Peter said that the Old Testament prophets, all of them, from Moses all the way to Malachi, every prophet, Everyone that prophesied, he said the prophets, the Old Testament prophets searched diligently to the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them. The spirit of Christ is the capital S. Christ is God. Christ is the Lord, Jehovah, the Elohim, God Almighty. They prophesied by that spirit of Christ. Christ is that spirit, first and foremost. But then here we have the second part, that Christ revelation, that Christ revelation that was given Peter in Matthew sixteen. Who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Simon Bar Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. There are Peter and upon this rock, this revelation of Christ, I will build my church. So we've gotten off the foundation. What is that revelation of Christ then? Well, Peter in his epistle tells us exactly who that Christ is. The Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come to us, searching what or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ. That was in them. That spirit is capital S. God Almighty, divinity. He is that spirit. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is the Elohim. He is the El Shaddai. He is that invisible spirit, Christ. All the Old Testament prophets prophesied by that spirit of Christ that was in them. Then he says, when it signified, when it testified beforehand, what did all that? Thus testified of the sufferings of Christ. Wait a minute. The sufferings of Christ? How can that be? Because God can't suffer. God can't die. God can't be tempted. God has no blood to shed. And God can't be tempted. Neither tempteth he any man. So how? When he talked about the sufferings of Christ. So Christ then will be the man made in under the law of a woman to redeem us that were under the law. He's Christ, the son of the living God, not God, the son. Christ is not God, the son, because that would mean he was eternal. That there was a lamb up there, God the son somewhere with the father, talking in heaven. Nowhere is there any. For God said, I am God alone. There's no God with me. I know not any. If he knew he had a son up there, he said, well, my son's here with me. But he didn't. Why? Because he is God. There's no other God with me. He is one. Not two, not three, one. And that's where we've got off the foundation. Just because he's talking about the function, the offices of that spirit, there's still only one spirit. And that's where the problem comes in. There's only one Lord. Now, let's see how he works salvation in and of himself. Why is this? All these treasures are hid. Why did God hide them? Because only those of a pure heart will see it. And we find there is a mystery. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9 tells us. There's a mystery, the full acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Not three. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ that in him, him, are hid all treasures why did you hide it? Hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And let no man spoil you through bainful uh, deceit. Philosophy of men. The tradition of this, the rudiments of this world. Tradition of men. The tradition of the elders who made a word of God another thing. And not in Christ as you have received him and established in the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, Christ is God. In the days of his flesh, God, Christ, took on a body of flesh as Christ the man. (laughs) Ha ha. So the son of God, the son of God, the of God is the flesh. The son is the father. Capital S-O-N. It's deity, capital S. The of God is the flesh because that flesh was of God. It was made through Mary of God. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you and that with holy things shall be of God. The Most High shall overshadow you, Mary, and that shall be called the Son of God. Not God, the Son, Son of God. So the son of God had a beginning in the days of his flesh, some 2000 years ago, and Mary brought forth the son. All this time that Gabriel was prophesying to her, giving her the word of God, delivering God's word to her, that you're going to bring forth a son, little S-O-N, and he will be called the son of the highest, son of the highest, capital S-O-N. Speaking of progression, Going from glory to glory. And then she says, after he explains to her how it's going to happen, going to be called the son of God. Then she says, verse 38, Luke 1, verse 38. Be it unto me according to thy word. See, we have to have a belief. We have to agree with God. She could have said no, and it would have passed her right on by. But she received the word of God by faith. As soon as she she said, Mary said, be it unto thine handmaid according to thy word. Boom. She was pregnant right there. By the word. She believed it. And... uh, Be it according to me, be it uh, under thine handmaid according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, at this point, Jesus will grow in favor with God and man. Twelve years of age, he'll be found in the temple. They lose him for three days. And he said, what you know not, and it must be about my father's business. In the days of his flesh, the flesh is just like ours, made in under the law, Galatians 4, verse 4. In the likeness of simple flesh, Romans 8:3), He's an under the law. The law is here. Jesus made a little lower than the angels, made it under the law. God is still God, but he's not working as God. He's made himself of no reputation. So, therefore, even in the Son of God, though he be the Son, the Son of God, yet he will learn obedience by the things which he suffers. God can't suffer. Why? Because God and the own days of his flesh, God's own flesh, made of a woman, made of under the law, the Son of God will still have a law that will be a middle wall of protection from God. Parting God from his own body of flesh and blood in the Son of God. When you see that, the Son, which is a little S O N, will show us the way, the truth, and the life as one of us. The Word of God will daily be his delights. He will grow in favor with God and with man, fulfilling the law as a man, not as God, but as a man. The man is made under the law to fulfill the law and to redeem us that were under the law. So, when you see that, you'll see why Jesus will not begin his ministry till age 30. Why? Because Numbers 4 states that our high priest, a high priest, and under the law of Moses, the Aaronic priesthood, will not take his office until age 30. So, Jesus cannot take his office until age 30. Why? Because he, as a man, emptied out of glory, made of no reputation, is fulfilling his own law as a man, as our great high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. So he can't work anything, a miracle do anything. Because if he does, then he's worked the Spirit, and the Spirit's made of no reputation. Why? It's because he's working only as a man, not as God. And the law is still separating God from man. And that wall of partition is parting even in the Son of God because God's Spirit and the flesh that he is a man, that law is still there. So therefore, as long as that law is there, it's a middle wall of partition parting God from flesh, all man. And Jesus, as a man, must then show us the way, the truth, the light. He has to pray to the Father. He has to fast. He is our example, the way, the truth, and the life, showing us how we can please God, walking in his footsteps, making the way, the truth, and the life available to us through his spirit, which the forerunner has already entered in. He's gone through it all, and under the law, literally come up to and fulfill the law, being tempted at all points like we are, yet without sin. And then takes the ordinances of that law, that middle wall of partition, parting God from his own man, Jesus Christ. And after being tempted at all points, suffering, you know, uh, everything, his soul being in agony, he's been tempted of Satan. They've tried to kill him. They've tried to do everything they can. And yet, Jesus is without sin, tempted at all points like we are, yet without sin. Then he takes the ordinances of that law, that middle wall, parting God from his own human, and takes the ordinances and nails it to his cross. When he nails that to his cross and literally dies, he breaks down that middle wall of partition, thereby making peace and one new man. What's that new man? Well, the old man was made, uh, uh, that old man, the first Adam, was made a, a soul, a living soul. But that last Adam, that new man, making a new man there, was made a quickening spirit. And it's through that man, Christ Jesus, the son of God that died for you, is the only way, that we get to God because He became one of us, that we might be made one with Him, in Him, and by Him alone. There is no other way. There's only one Spirit there. There's no God Junior. There's no Spirit Junior. There's no God the, there's no God the Son. It's the Son of God. And that's the reason He said, My father's greater than I. Why? Because in the days of his flesh, he's emptied out of glory. He's made himself of no reputation. He's one of us. And while he's one of us, he'd say, my father's greater than I. He's emptied out of glory. Philippians 2.6. While he's under that law, he's going to seek God, pray to God, fast to God, and obey God. And he said, I can of my own self do nothing. All that I see the Father do, that is the eye of faith, the eye that Jesus had in his own spirit. Notice the Holy Ghost will not even break through and start moving. And I'm on our behalf as our high priest, until after Jesus is baptized of John and Jordan at age 30. And then and only then it becomes progressive. The miracles are very uh, it starts very low glory. The first miracle Jesus did was that uh, the marriage of Can- Cana Galilee turned the water into wine. But then everything he does as he prays, Father, glorify thou me. Now notice he said, my father is greater than I. Why? Because the spirit, there is still that middle wall of partition is still dividing the Spirit of God from the man, Christ Jesus, even though it's God manifest in the flesh. The law is still there. That law is a wall of protection, even in the Son of God. Though be it, though he were a son, capital S O N. He's going to learn obedience through the things which he suffered. Why? He's under the law. That glory is laid aside. So he says uh, the things concerning me have an end. Why? He's going to be numbered with the transgressors. What's the end? The end of his flesh. Well, what's he going to do? That veil will be be, be literally uh, torn down. Hebrews 10 said, the veil, that is to say, Jesus' flesh, his flesh. Then Jesus will pray to the Father. Father, glorify thou me, because the law is still there. Father, glorify thou me. Glorify me back all the way to you. God says, I have glorified you, I have glorified you, and I will glorify you again, greater, greater, and greater as we fulfill the law. Through his own body of flesh and blood, God working salvation in and of himself, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Another way to put that, Christ, who is God, was in Christ, the man, reconciling the world back to himself, Christ. Because Christ is the spirit, Christ is the man. But he's working salvation in that office of Christ, which is a spirit in his own body of flesh, glorifying his own human back to himself, fulfilling the law, which is the middle wall of partition, parting God from man. Now you've had the revelation of Christ. Christ is God, yes. In the days of his humiliation, in the days of his flesh, he was a man, not a God man, a man. He's working as a man. Because a man lost it, only a man can redeem his back. What does Isaiah say about it? Isaiah 43, verse 10. Thus saith the Lord, God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen at one and under the law. I chose it, yes, I chose Mary to bring my own flesh in. It will not be God to send, it will be the Son, the Son of God and will glorify that own, God's own human back to himself, the own flesh and blood, God manifests in the flesh. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, my servant whom I have chosen, sounds like there's two, but here's what God said, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, I am that servant. Well, wait a minute. God, he's praying to you. He's fasting you. He's making himself a free will sacrifice unto you. And you will receive when you make his soul an offering for sin. You'll be satisfied. Yeah. But God said, I want you to know that that body of flesh and blood is me. It's my own body of flesh. It's my own body of flesh and blood. Even though the law is there. I'm fulfilling that law by my own human. And that human is a son of God. So he can work as a body of flesh and blood, just like all mankind to literally save mankind. So he says, thus saith the Lord and the servant whom I have chosen, my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, believe God and understand Understand this doctrine of Christ, that I am he, I am that man. Before me, and he tells you what it is. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself, a body of flesh and blood. And the volume of the book is written to me, I come to do the will of God, for a body that has prepared me, formed me. See now that I, even I, am he, God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's our Savior. That's our Redeemer. Who is he? He's God. Is he God the Son? No, he's the Son of God. Why? Because he will be born a flesh and blood man, because a man lost and only man, came redeem us back. How low did he go? He became one of us, a kinsman Redeemer. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. How? Because Jesus, in the days of his flesh, is one of us, and he's working salvation in and through the Spirit of God, offering himself as a free will sacrifice that kinsman redeemer number one has to be of the same blood, a kinsman as uh, as the the one he's going to redeem number two he has to uh, be willing. He has to be willing to do it. I can have the right to do it, and I say no. Just like in the Book of Ruth, Boaz could have said no. I, I don't want to do that. I don't I don't want to redeem Ruth, even though Naomi has got the uh, uh, the field out there, and but uh, Ruth comes with it. But I decide I don't want to do that. He has to be willing to do it. So Jesus said, "I lay down my life. I freely lay it down. I'm that free will offering." I have power to lay it down, and I have power to receive it again. No man taketh my life from me. It's a free will sacrifice. Therefore, Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Raise up your own body? Yes. Why? Because after that body is resurrected, it will be glorified by the Father's own self. All power in heaven and earth will be given to the man, Christ Jesus, because it's God's own body. It's God's own servant, made in the likeness of men and under the law, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, to condemn sin in the flesh. Romans 8 3. Now you're getting the revelation of Christ, the true Christ. And it needs to be taught in the churches. Not two, not three in a Godhead, not two in a Godhead, only one Lord. Well, they say, well, it says, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou to my right hand to make thine enemies as I put stool. Sound like there's two there. Psalm 110, verse 1 through 4. But Jesus covered that in Matthew 22, 42. He said, what think you of Christ? What do you think about this doctrine of Christ? Whose son is he? That's what Jesus asked. Whose son is he? First he said, he's the son of David. Well, he is the son of David according to the flesh. A man. But then Jesus said, David in spirit said, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, said unto my Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, set thou at my right hand until I make thine thine enemies thy footstool. If David in spirit calleth him Lord, that man who is God, How is he then his son, little S-O-N? How, the, how can this be? Well, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is the spirit of God. The invisible, Lord Jehovah God Almighty. God who is invisible in heaven and earth and omnipresent everywhere. Omniscient, omnipotent, almighty. Said unto my Lord, what's that? That is in the days of his flesh. That's my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. That's the one made under the law. That's my Lord. That's my God. Said unto my Lord. The Lord said unto my Lord. Why? He's speaking to him. Why? Because the law's still there. Thy Lord is fulfilling that law back to the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty Himself. Who is that Lord? It's a man, Adon. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is the Tetragrammaton, Jehovah. The old The Lord, capital L, small O R D is Adon, the man, who is the Spirit of God, but if made of no reputation. In our stead, my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. And then Jesus asked the Pharisees, If David in spirit calls him Lord. That is the man who is God, redeeming us, and under the law, then how is he then his son? Little S-O-N. How can he be just a man? How, How can he be? And it says no man could answer Jesus. No man durst ask Jesus any more questions. They shut their mouth. We have to be able to answer that, which is the doctrine of Christ. Who is a liar but he denied that Jesus is the Christ? verse John 2 22. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. The capital L O, capital R, capital D, the Lord God Almighty. And he's denied the Son, both the Father and the Son. Why? Because the Son is the Lord, capital L small o r d, which is the man. Who is the image of that invisible God? He is the Lord made visible. How low did He go? Became one of us. How high did He go? Glorified back with the Lord's own self. That's in John 75, Jesus the praying in Gethsemane. Father, glorify Thou me. He's going to die on the cross. Glorify Thou me with Thine own self. How high with Your own self with the glory I had with you before the world was. You know that glory I laid aside? I want it all back. There, after Jesus has fulfilled that law, he takes the ordinance of the cross, ordinances of of that law, nails it to his cross, thereby breaks down that middle wall of partition, and then when he dies, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, my human spirit. And then, what is he? He first ascended. He first descended to the heart of the earth and went to, to preach to the spirits shut up in present by that spirit, capital S. Why? Into thy hands I commend my spirit. That man, Christ Jesus, has made a quickening spirit. It's through the Son of God in that redemptive office that we're saved. The Son of God that saves us. That doctrine of Christ that we must have First John five verse one. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, Christ is the Spirit, Christ is the man, Christ is the Son of God, not God the Son, Son of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. What is that now, Christ? First John two twenty two. Who's a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Christ is all the offices of the Spirit. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He is the son of God. He is the son of man. It's the same spirit. He is Antichrist that denies that Jesus is the Christ. Why? He has denied both the father, because that's the invisible spirit, God himself, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, El Shaddai, Elohim, and the son of God. Why? Because the son of God is the father revealed, one and the same spirit. He that acknowledges son as the Father also. How can that be? Because the Son is the Father revealed. And that's where we've missed the doctrine of Christ, the Son of God. Not God the Son. There's no Trinity. There is no Trinitarian, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. No. The Holy Ghost and the Father are one, the Son of God is the Father revealed, but it's the Father Word and Holy Ghost, uh, that are the three that bear record in heaven. Now the Son of God is redemptive office of the Spirit because he is the Son of God, not God the Son. Never referred to Jesus as God the Son. That's a false doctrine. It is uh, the Chalcedonian definition of 451 AD, saying the Son of God according to his Godhead was begotten before the world was. Total lies. That's God the Son. No. There's no spirit begot another spirit up there. Total hogwash. Total, total lies. Heresy. Well, we must know the truth. The doctrine of Christ. Well, it's the Son of God, not God the Son. Not an eternal sonship. God himself is eternal. The self-existent, eternal God is Elohim. But he had a beginning when the word was made flesh. The Son of God was revealed. Why was he manifest? To take away, to destroy the works of the devil. He's manifest there. God manifest in the flesh. The Son of God is God manifest in the flesh. That didn't happen until 2,000 years ago. God, the Spirit, has always been eternal. The Son of God is God taking on a body of flesh. That happened 2,000 years ago. And the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. He was manifest for that reason. God manifest in the flesh. Happened 2,000 years ago, 1 Timothy 3.16. In his glorification, he went back to where he was before. And therefore, in Luke, it says in that last chapter, it behooved Christ to suffer. That's the suffering Messiah. The man, it behooved Christ to suffer and die, very rosy, and enter into His glory, Christ's own glory, and that repentance, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. And therefore, when Jesus died on the cross, when the great earthquake the veil rent from top to bottom, showing the way into the holiest of all is now made manifest. What is it? That, the, that that wall of partition, that law in the ordinances of that law, in a wall of partition, parting God from man, even in the Son of God, that the man Christ Jesus took the ordinances of that law and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby making peace and one new man which is our quickening spirit, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Before him, there was no God formed, neither shall be after him. Isaiah 43, 10 through 17. He is that Savior. He is that God. He is one. There's not another. Whenever Jesus was in the world, he said, I'm going to pray the Father. He's in the world. He's in a body of flesh and blood as our kinsman redeemer. He's showing us the way, the truth, and light. We have to pray. We have to fast. We have to do what he did. He said, I'll pray the Father to send you another comforter. Whom the world who the world cannot receive. Why couldn't he receive? Because they seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, disciples, for he dwelleth with you. I'm walking with you. And I shall be in you, Jesus said. I will not leave you comfortless. I Will come to you. What? Yes, because Jesus, when he's glorified with the Father's own self, then he'll send forth his spirit. God has sent forth the spirit of his Son, Galatians 4 6, into our hearts whereby we cry, Have a Father. Because the spirit of the Son, the spirit of the Father is one of the self same spirit, singular. There, Jesus stated, He is that spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, what does that have to do? Because Jesus, the man, has to be glorified to what? To become that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. So it's expedient that he goes away. For he goes not away, the Holy Ghost, the comforter, will not come. That is Jesus' spirit, that he has glorified his own human. Back to himself, the Spirit of God. Now you have the true Christ. You have the true God and eternal life, who's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Christ, the Spirit of God, Emmanuel, God with us. But He's made Him no reputation to work as a man. He's called Mary. You're going to have a son, little S O N, and He shall be called the Son of the highest, not the highest, who is the son, not God, the son, the son of God, the son of the highest. Why? Because he's going to be a man that suffers. That he's going to fast and pray, tempted in all points, like as we are yet without sin. And God can't be tempted. God can't die. God can't shed blood, but he can through his own body of flesh. But that metal wall of partitions there until Jesus breaks that wall down as a man, perfect, spotless, blameless, Lamb of God. So there in Jesus' resurrection, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus comes out of the tomb and says, all power in heaven and in earth is given to me. That did not leave the Father powerless. He's glorified back with the Father's own self. That's the reason Jesus said in John 16 in righteousness. He said, I have before, I spoke to you in Proverbs. But now I'll show you plainly of the father. I won't speak in uh, hidden hidden mysteries, hidden knowledge. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I won't hide it anymore. I won't speak to any more in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly of the father that I'm he. And that's the reason that Jesus said in that day when I'm glorified, you will ask in my name. And I say not, I'll pray the Father for you because all the Father's given is given to me. That man is glorified by God's own self. In Revelation three twenty one, Jesus said, to him that I overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, sit, It's I T. sit. sit. A, a position, a state of voice. It is a set, a position. I made uh, a place for you. I prepared a place for you in my throne. If you're an overcomer, I'll grant for you to sit, S-I-T, in my throne a power. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and I'm set, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, a settled state of glory. Always has been, always will be. Sit down with my Father in his throne. That's all power in heaven and earth. There in John one eighteen, no man has seen God at any time. But the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. You want to see God? Take a look at Jesus. Well, he's a man in the days of his flesh, yes. Showing us the way, the truth, of life. Showing us how to pray, how to pass. For as much then as the children, protect the flesh and blood, he did the same. Show us the way. First Peter 4, 1. And as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, we are to arm ourselves with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Jesus did it, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings. That's the reason he's the son of God, not God the Son. God the son can't suffer. God, the, God can't suffer. God can't die. But the son of God can, because there's a man just like us, our kinsman redeemer. It's a son of God. In Acts two thirty six, we know that's born, that child is born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. But he will be in his humiliated state A man like us. And under the law, just like us. And Adam after the fall, just like us. Then, he said in Acts 2, 36, Peter speaking said, Let all the house of Israel know it surely. That same Jesus that you crucified, that man you crucified on the cross, God hath made him. Let all Israel know uh, assuredly, have the assurance of this. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him, that man, that son of God, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is being filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God in you. Who is he now? Well, the Lord is that quickening spirit. The man, Christ Jesus, that second Adam, the man is made, was made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Who is he? Well, he sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3, 21. But who is he now? 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality. Jesus only who only hath their mortality, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent. That's the reason we preach the Jesus' only doctrine of Christ. <laughs> There's not another. There's only one true God in eternal life, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, who only hath their mortality, Jesus only, dwelling in the light which no man, Can't approach into nor enter, having entered into that light, which no other man could. Why? Because he's a spotless, blameless, holy lamb of God. Now you see, there's a big difference in God, the son and the son of God. God, the son is, is an antichrist. The son of God is the truth that he loves you so much. He became one with you and is your propitiation. He died in your stead. That man, Christ Jesus, that's the Son of God. Well, if the Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit that this is the truth, please contact us. We would love to be one with you. God's gathering his body together now, right now in the unity of the faith. The bone coming to the bone or whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love through the supply of the Spirit. God's doing it now. We must come together in the body of Christ. And as we do, the body of Christ, a stone hewn out of a mountain without hands, shall smite the beast in the, that image, in the feet, and all uh, of that will fall. All the false Christ, all the false doctrines, all that is a false Jesus, and something in lieu of Christ will fall. There, If this spirit of God that you have bears witness with your spirit, if this is the truth, please contact me. Our ministry team here would love to be one with you. Matter of fact, you'd like to come and have this in your church or with a body of believers. Please let us know. We have every area from our own instruments that we travel with, with this band of ministers in the DVM ministry team. Not only that, we have a tent that can be a small tent seating only a couple of hundred and expand it all the way, it'll seat up to three thousand, and eighty and 80 by 260. Gospel tent. And somebody said, why? Because you might not be able to get this in your denomination. Denomination's not going to believe it. That's the reason why we have a tent. For whosoever will let them come. Somebody said, What denomination are you? Non-denominational. Why? Because the tradition of the elder made the word of God another thing. We just follow the true God and eternal life, Jesus only. The doctrine of Christ, God's restoring it to the church right now. That's the reason judgments are in the earth. Well, when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, the true Jesus, the true Christ. If you have a question, you can write to me. Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas zip code 75606 or you can message us or drop questions to us there on our websites sealinggodspeople.com sealinggodspeople.org or dennisbeard.org we thank you for your prayerful support those who are praying for us and giving your generous donations by which we always pray God multiply it back 30, 60, fold multiply your seed so by your offerings, your generous offerings is, is the only way possible that we can stay on the air bringing these podcasts to you. And we're thankful to God for you and uh, uh, your, your blessed giving. God bless your heart. God bless you, uh, body, soul, and spirit. Multiply your seed, sowing back. Now, again, we'd love to hear from you. God putting his body of Christ together in one now and it will raise up a great army. We love to hear from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, behold, the real Jesus.